Today is March 19th, 2021, and our first story, a video goes viral showing Joe Biden tripping and nearly falling down the stairs as he makes his way up to Air Force One. And while it may seem somewhat trivial, a poll has come out in the past month showing that 33% of Americans do not believe that Joe Biden is mentally or physically fit to be president. As this is happening, we are amid Chinese-U.S. peace talks, and China is slamming the U.S. as being weak. Effectively mocking the U.S. in an open forum with press available was seen as highly unusual. There are fears that under Joe Biden, we will not have the strength to compete with China, especially if they try to take Taiwan. Our next story, Biden accidentally refers to Kamala Harris as President Harris, Another sign of weakness, as many people, again, are concerned about his physical and mental fitness. And lastly, the Biden administration is struggling to keep out the press when it comes to the ongoing border crisis. Jen Psaki finally relented and referred to what was happening at the border as a crisis. And journalists are finally starting to speak up, saying Joe Biden is stopping us from figuring out what is really going on. Even under Donald Trump, journalists note they had better access to these facilities to understand what was happening with the migrant crisis. Now, before we get into that first story, leave us a good review if you like this show. Give us five stars. It really does help. And let's get into that first story. In a now viral video, President Joe Biden is seen making his way up the stairs to Air Force One before he trips, stumbles, and then completely falls down onto the stairs. He quickly gets back up, makes his way to the top, and salutes everyone before boarding the plane. But many people are worried. Though some jokes were cracked on Twitter, even I cracked a joke or two, the video is actually very sad, and it's very worrying. While many of us are concerned about the well-being of Joe Biden, because as much as many of us crack jokes, I think most regular Americans want the man to be healthy and okay. Many people question the mental and physical abilities of the president, and it's getting scary. Right now, we have ongoing peace talks between the U.S. and China. And the other day, they broke down with China saying the U.S. is in no position to assert that it's coming from a position of strength. This is leaving many conservatives worried that we do not have the adequate leadership to deal with a rival like China right now, quickly becoming a world superpower. The timeline moved up. They had said at some point in 2030, China would overtake the U.S. Now they're saying 2028. And it could not be coming at a worse time that we have a president where 33 percent of people, voters, believe he is not fit to be president. China is making moves. The U.S. seems to be faltering and falling apart. And even before Joe Biden got elected, there were questions about whether or not we would need to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Joe Biden. Earlier in one of my segments, I talked about how Joe Biden called Kamala Harris President Harris. And Kamala even referred to herself as the Harris administration. While the media can pass these off as gaffes, one thing is true. Most people who are paying attention to politics probably believe Biden is already transferring power to Kamala Harris. We've seen it in the news. And perhaps that's not all bad. Joe Biden is it's it's haunting how weak he is right now at a time when we need strength. While some critics have said conservatives are only calling out Joe Biden and the performance of American diplomats when it comes to China because they hate Joe Biden. For some reason, they want to prop up China. I don't see it that way. 
I see people genuinely concerned that during the Trump administration, while there was ongoing tension between the U.S. and China, China still tried to play it safe in many circumstances, even keeping their mouths shut when Donald Trump slammed or criticized them. It's all changing now. And perhaps it's because they realize that Joe Biden doesn't know where he is half the time. He literally, when he was campaigning, not knowing what city or state he was in, he seems to gaff every other sentence. He seems confused. And now they see he can't even walk upstairs. We do not have strong leadership. And China went even further, saying that even in the U.S., your faith in democracy is faltering. They see a weakness. And as we enter an era of a potential Thucydides trap, which means war may be on the horizon, now is not the time for someone as weak as Joe Biden. But there seems to be nothing we can do as of right now, but perhaps wait until 2024. By then, maybe it will be too late, or perhaps Pelosi will invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Joe Biden as it becomes clear he is unfit to serve as president. Perhaps at this point, conservatives would actually agree and openly accept Kamala Harris. Well, begrudgingly accept Kamala Harris, because at the very least, she is still a lot younger and she's able to walk upstairs. But does she have the abilities? I'm not entirely sure. Regardless of whether or not it's Biden or Kamala, right now we are fractured. We are hyperpolarized. Our president is weak and Americans are not unified. That's the fracturing. The blue states and the red states are so divided and China knows now is their chance. Well, let's let's do this. Let me show you the video of what happened with Joe Biden. Talk about him falling and actually show you the questions people have raised beforehand and the polls. But I do want to talk about the threat we face with China as a rising power. And it appears that we are losing. Maybe that's worrying to many of you, but it must be brought up. And I also I also want to talk about when Donald Trump stumbled and tripped and how the media covered that. I want to make sure we're being fair in our assessment of Joe Biden. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to get exclusive access to TimCast IRL podcast segments with all of our guests. When you sign up, you are basically making a shield for my work in the event we get purged. I will still be able to produce content on our website. We had a new version of the site coming soon, maybe next week. So stick around for that. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. My friends, I give you the article from the New York Post. Biden keeps falling up the stairs as he boards Air Force One. I will show you this video. And for those that are listening, I'll just describe it. We have Joe Biden reaching the stairs of Air Force One. He begins walking up the stairs by himself, holding the railing, and then he trips. He stands up, he trips again, then he completely falls to the stairs. He nearly fell down the stairs. He gets up and brushes himself off. The New York Post says President Biden stumbled several times while running up the steps of Air Force One on Friday. New video shows the 78 year old commander in chief tripped twice before falling over the third time as he flew up the stairs of the idling aircraft at Joint Base Andrews. After recovering, Biden appeared to take a moment to dust off his knee before finally making his way to the top. He then gave a salute before ducking into the cabin to take off to Georgia. The president and vice and vice president Harris are set to meet with the Asian community in Atlanta following a tragic event that took place in Atlanta. I'm sure many of you heard of. I want to keep this one off on topic. So forgive me if you wanted to, to go more into that. We have the story from Insider from February 22nd, just about a month ago. And this is important right now. Before I jump into this, I want to highlight U.S. and China spar in first face to face meeting under Joe Biden. The story from the AP has, well, it has ignited a Twitter trend as people are calling out the failures of the U.S. as China basically says you are weak 
and your country is faltering. It's a scary thought. China would, uh, many conservatives have said, China would never speak to, to Americans this way under Donald Trump. And that may be for the most part the case. They now know that Joe Biden is so weak they can get away with it. Before I read into this, I want to show you what people have said, according to Business Insider. Insider reports, despite questions over President Joe Biden's mental fitness persisting throughout the 2020 campaign, most Americans say he's up for the job, while 33 percent say they're dissatisfied with his mental sharpness. A new insider poll found insider polled a nationwide sample of 1,154 Americans with a conjunction in a conjunction with SurveyMonkey on February 22nd. The poll revealed that Biden, 78, has the support of 61 percent of Americans when it comes to whether he's up for the job. The president maintains these numbers despite former President Donald Trump dedicating much of his campaign to depicting Biden as senile, with Trump even going so far as to demand Biden take a cognitive test and that he be tested for performance enhancing drugs after a stronger debate performance against Senator Bernie Sanders. Those Trump attacks ended up inadvertently benefiting Biden by lowering expectations for his speeches and debate performances. But the president's age has left an opening for less hyperbolic questions to linger. <clears throat> they say those who filled out insider sur- uh, insiders survey monkey audience poll were asked, how confident do you feel about President Biden's mental sharpness and ability to do the job of president? 24 percent said extremely 20 said 20 percent said very confident. 17% said somewhat, 10.8% not so much, 22.8% not at all, and 5% said they did not know. I bring you back to October 26, 2020. The New Yorker wrote, we may need the 25th Amendment if Trump loses. Interesting that a mainstream publication said if Trump loses, we may need the ability to remove a sitting president. That's what Nancy Pelosi had produced, a bill that would create a panel that would use the powers of the 25th Amendment to remove a sitting president. And many questioned, is this for Donald Trump? And she said, it is not for Donald Trump. Not many people believed her, but then a lot of people quickly snapped to attention and said, wait a minute, this is for Joe Biden. The New Yorker writes, throughout the past four years, there has been chatter about Donald Trump's mental health and stability, but little political will to make use of the 25th Amendment. They go on to say that on October 9th, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi unveiled a new bill to establish a commission on presidential capacity to discharge the powers and duties of the office, which would help carry out the 25th Amendment process. While many people questioned, as I said, if this is for Trump, the article goes on to bring up even Bernie Sanders was criticizing Joe Biden's abilities. Last spring, Bernie Sanders surrogates and supporters promoted the hashtag Where is Joe? implying that Biden's campaign was keeping him out of sight to hide mental infirmity. Wow. Glenn Greenwald, founder of The Intercept and an outspoken Sanders supporter, tweeted that the steadfast, willful refusal of Democrat political and media elites to address what is increasingly visible to the naked eye, Biden's serious cognitive decline is frightening. Biden, who has said he would not seek a second term as president, released his physician's report that he is healthy and fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency, but offered nothing specific about his cognitive health. As a result, the theme of the two septuagenarian presidential candidates fitness for office has run through the campaign season. Susan Page, the moderator of the vice presidential debate, even asked both Mike Pence and Kamala Harris about whether they had a conversation or reached an agreement with their running mates about safeguards or procedures when it comes to the president's disability. Pence and Harris both completely dodged the question. And I'll bring you to what's happening with China. 
and why this is so important. The AP reports top U.S. and Chinese officials offered sharply different views of each other and the world on Thursday as the two sides met face to face for the first time since President Joe Biden took office in unusually pointed public remarks remarks for a staid diplomatic meeting. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Chinese Communist Party foreign affairs chief Yang Jichi took aim at each other's country's policies at the start of two days of talks in Alaska. The contentious tone of their public comments suggests the private discussions would be even more rocky. The meetings in Anchorage were a new test in increasingly troubled relations between the two countries, which are at odds over a range of issues from trade to human rights in Tibet, Hong Kong and China's western Xinjiang region, as well as over Taiwan, China's assertiveness in the South China Sea and the coronavirus pandemic. Blinken said the Biden administration is united with its allies in pushing back against China's increasing authoritarianism and assertiveness at home and abroad. Yang then unloaded a list of Chinese complaints about the U.S. and accused Washington of hypocrisy for criticizing Beijing on human rights and other issues. Quote, each of these actions threaten the rules based order that maintains global stability, Blinken said of China's actions in Xinjiang, Hong Kong and Taiwan and of cyber attacks on the U.S. and economic coercion against U.S. allies. That's why we're not merely internal matters. They're not merely internal matters and why we feel an obligation to raise these issues here today. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan amplified the criticism, saying China has undertaken an assault on basic values. Quote, we do not seek conflict, but we welcome stiff competition, he said. Yang responded angrily by demanding the U.S. stop pushing its own version of democracy at a time when the U.S. itself has been roiled by domestic discontent. He also accused the U.S. of failing to deal with its own human rights problems and took issues with what he said was condescension from Blinken, Sullivan and other U.S. officials. Quote, we believe that it is important for the United States to change its own image and to stop advancing its own democracy in the rest of the world. Many people within the United States actually have little confidence in the democracy of the United States. China will not accept unwarranted accusations from the U.S. side, he said, adding that recent developments had plunged relations into a period of unprecedented difficulty that has damaged the interests of our two peoples. There is no there is no way to strangle China, he said. Blinken appeared to be annoyed by the tenor and the length of the comments, which went on for more than 15 minutes. He said the impressions from speaking with the world leaders and on his just concluded trip to Japan and South Korea were entirely different from the Chinese position. Quote, I'm hearing deep, deep satisfaction that the U.S. is back, that we're reengaged, Blinken retorted. I'm also hearing deep concern about some of the actions your government is taking. Underscoring the animosity, the State Department blasted the Chinese delegation for violating an agreed upon two minute time limit for opening statements and suggested it seemed to have arrived intent on grandstanding focused on public theatrics and dramatics over substance. Quote, America's approach will be un undergirded by confidence in dealing in our dealings with, with Beijing, which we are doing from a position of strength, even as we have the humility to know that we are a, we are a country eternally striving to become a more perfect union. It said they go on to say U.S. China ties have been torn for years and the Biden administration has yet to signal whether it's ready or willing to back away from the hardline stances taken under Donald Trump. Just a day before the meeting, Blinken had announced new sanctions over Beijing's crackdown on pro-democracy advocates in Hong Kong. In response, China stepped up its rhetoric opposing U.S. interference in domestic affairs and complained directly about it. Quote, 
Is this a decision made by the United States to try and gain, gain some advantage in dealing with China? State Counselor Wang Yi asked. Certainly, this is miscalculated and only reflects the vulnerability and weakness inside the United States, and it will not shake China's position or resolve on those issues. Trump had taken pride in forging what he saw as a strong relationship with Chinese leader Xi Jinping. But the relationship disintegrated after the coronavirus pandemic spread from the Wuhan province across the globe and unleashed a public health and economic disaster. This is shocking. A 15 minute tirade against a U.S. diplomat. Unusual, the AP says. It seems like things are going from bad to worse. I will not lie to you and pretend like it was perfect under Donald Trump. China certainly heavily criticized Donald Trump. The concern is when you have many people not believing in the abilities of Joe Biden. Now, many people did not believe in the abilities of Donald Trump either. We have been going through a very serious period of discontent. It is the entirety of it, not singularly Joe Biden. Donald Trump was far from perfect, but the media was completely unfair. And that was part of the problem. While I absolutely can criticize Donald Trump's foreign policy in a variety of ways. Some of it I can praise. But the media sought to sow discontent. My friends, I give you a tweet from Frank Luntz. Frank, the famous Republican pollster, tweets, the Chinese representative gets offended after being called out for their government's actions. But MAGA Twitter insists their reaction outclassed the U.S. The tweet he's quoting comes from Mike Cernovich, who said, watch until the end, utterly brutal, completely outclassed, This is bad, folks. I agree with Mike Cernovich. The U.S. was getting a stern talking to by China for 15 minutes, looking like disciplined children in a school. Well, Frank says a strange phenomenon has grown over the past decade where Americans cheer on foreign rivals whenever the party they oppose is in the White House. Get a hold of yourselves, people. I can certainly respect some of that sentiment from Frank Luntz. Many on the left did the same thing to Donald Trump, but they lied and they pushed lies in the media. What we are seeing right now, many people on the right believe, is weakness from the Biden administration is emboldening China to push harder than they ever would. Many conservatives have have said China would never speak that way to Donald Trump. That's not entirely true. China did criticize Trump on some occasions, but it was definitely much more tempered. Now, this could simply be because tensions are, degra- are, are degrading. That's it. Or it could be that they see an opportunity to stand up, speak up and challenge the U.S.'s power. In an article from The New York Times, this is from uh, June 1st. China offers measured response to Trump's move on Hong Kong. A foreign ministry spokesman stayed close to the Communist Party's official position on Hong Kong, suggesting that Beijing was waiting to see the specifics of the U.S. plan. When Donald Trump came out, slamming Beijing. China moved slowly and calmly and cautiously. Donald Trump was erratic, to say the least. But it's funny to me that people would imply that he was weak or ineffective. Trump was a bully. And many on the left pointed this out, and many on the right didn't bother to refute it. You know why? They like that about him. You see, when Donald Trump stood up and yelled at people and stole the stage, Figuratively, when he would take the time from away from people, when he would interrupt them over and over and over again, people like that. So I've tried explaining for some time on the debate stage with Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump would go, excuse me, excuse me. No, no. And he would shut her down. And then when she tried interrupting him, he would say the same thing. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. But he would interrupt her 
almost at every chance he got. And you know what? The left and the Democrats, they complained. Look at Trump. He's boorish. He's oafish. But many people saw something else. They imagined what it would be like for Donald Trump sitting in a private meeting with Xi Jinping, where she says, listen, you know, Hong Kong. And then Trump cuts him off and says, no, no, you listen to me. That's the kind of strong approach many people wanted when it came to foreign policy. Joe Biden is falling downstairs, my friends. And this is significant. Even under Donald Trump, the weakness of the United States was becoming apparent to those around the world. I give you a story from the drive.com. They report the Air Force abruptly ends its continuous bomber presence on Guam after 16 years in a dramatic and unannounced shift in policy and regional posture. The Air Force has ended its uninterrupted rotation of bombers to the island. This is from April 17th, 2020. Joseph Trevithick reports the U.S. Air Force has ended its uninterrupted rotations of bombers to Anderson Air Force Base on Guam, which have been ongoing since 2004, as it shifts to a less predictable concept of operations. Five B-52H Strata Fortresses left yesterday with no replacement aircraft in place, bringing an end to what the service has called the Continuous Bomber Presence Mission. This notably came just days after the bombers took part in a massive elephant walk readiness drill that also involved six KC-135R aerial refueling tankers, RQ-4B Global Hawk drones, as well as a U.S. Navy MQ-4C Triton drone and an MH-60S Seahawk helicopter, which was seen as a significant statement of American resolve aimed China. Online aircraft tracker and friend of the war zone aircraft spots spotted the five B-52Hs leaving Guam for their home at Mino Air Force Base in North Dakota on April 16, 2020. The bombers used the very pointed call sign SIA for the transit. Quote, in line with the national defense strategy, the U.S., the United States has transitioned to an approach that enables strategic bombers to operate forward in the Indo-Pacific region from a broader array of overseas locations when required and with greater operational resilience while these bombers are permanently based in the United States. U.S. Air Force Major Kate Atanasoff, a U.S. Strategic Command Stratcom spokesperson, confirmed to the war zone. U.S. strategic bombers will continue to operate in the Indo-Pacific to include Guam at the timing and tempo of our choosing. They say the service has indicated earlier this month that it was interested in switching to shorter duration bomber deployments to Guam. At the same time, the U.S. military as a whole has also increasingly adopted a concept of operations known as dynamic force employment. Now, it was reported at some point that the reason for the retreat was that China has the capability to wipe out the Air Force base quickly and before these bombers could get off the ground. That may be wrong. Fact check me on that one. I want to stick to the main fact. The U.S. has pulled its bombers out of Guam, an Air Force base in the Pacific, not too far from China. I'm sorry. It's a sign of weakness in extremely trying times when we are trying to show strength. Last year, during Donald Trump's administration, this happened. The point I'm trying to make is Donald Trump was far from perfect and tensions were escalating. While he may have done some things right, and China was certainly worried about an erratic man like Trump, it is only going to get worse with Joe Biden stumbling and falling downstairs while our diplomats are being insulted as weak. I don't see this as conservatives just praising China. I see this as people pointing out that it is degrading and it is bad for us. Now, I want to make sure I'm fair 
in my assessment. Look at this story from popculture.com. Donald Trump seemingly trips on stairs before speech concerning onlookers. This resulted in the DNC war room showing a video where they claim Donald Trump trips as he's walking upstairs. And you can see in this video, I'll describe it for those that are watching. He climbs the top of a runway and then makes a little maneuver, August 20th, 2020. And the Democrats said, imagine it. Imagine if it had been a ramp. Perhaps it's true that Donald Trump tripped or stumbled. And it is true that Donald Trump walked very cautiously down a ramp. But the media was insane. At a time when we needed to show strength, what were we getting? Hyperbolic, insane attacks against our president to make him look weak. It's almost like Frank Luntz is correct. And the media was hurting Trump and helping our adversaries because they hated the man so much. They preferred other countries to see us as weak and pathetic. The Trump war room responded, saying he did that as a joke. And I got to be honest, upon looking at a photograph, which I've pulled up, it really does seem like a joke. Donald Trump's center of gravity is not out of balance. He's standing fully upright on a runway. It seems like Trump was just fooling around. But the media runs stories like this. March 22nd, 2017, several years before that incident, The Hill reports CNN reporter is Trump afraid of stairs? They called it, what do they call it? Bathmophobia, I think. They show a bunch of videos of Donald Trump walking downstairs and looking at his feet, which to me seems totally normal. And they tried claiming that Donald Trump had a phobia of stairs. I'm sorry, that's not true. People with a, with a phobia of stairs struggle to walk up them. They don't cautiously walk down them. Perhaps Donald Trump was cautiously walking downstairs to avoid slipping and tripping like Joe Biden did. In one video, Donald Trump was attacked. I, be, I, I think I may have it pulled up. New York Times says Trump's halting walk down ramp raises new health questions. Every primetime host came out and said, what's going on? Donald Trump's struggling to walk down a ramp. You know, Donald Trump said the ramp was slippery and he wanted to be careful. And my response is, so what? I didn't care all that much about it. Joe Biden falling, almost falling down the stairs, a bit more serious and disconcerting, considering the fears about his physical and mental health. But when Trump slips on the stairs, what do we see? Joe Biden comes out and says in a video, it was aired on CNN. He's like, hey, if it were me, I'd be running. Watch him, run, uh, you know, have him watch me run up that ramp. Ha ha ha. Trying to make it seem like he was stronger. And was that the problem? Is the reality that Trump and Biden are both really old men and shouldn't be running up stairs or ramps? And Joe Biden thought he was going to trot up these stairs and he tripped three times. It's not the end of the world, my friends. It's not that big of a deal. I don't care all that much. That's why I joked about it on Twitter. Certainly hope Joe Biden is okay. I wish the best for the man and his health and for his family. I may disagree with him on policy. I may think he's an awful person, but I wish the, I wish everybody well, even the people I really, really don't like. The bigger issue is how the media is portraying this and how our culture war is going to make this worse. Frank Luntz, I think, is wrong, but he does bring up a good point. Is now the time for us to be highlighting to the extreme degree the frailty of our president? I'd say honestly, no, but I don't think there's anything we can do. You see, as the media, in my opinion, falsely smeared Trump and tried to make every little thing look like the apocalypse, Joe Biden did almost fall down the stairs. Fine. The media wanted to call out Trump and say, oh, look, Trump, you know, he's going to fall down the stairs or whatever. 
Maybe that's important because we need to vote for someone stronger than both Trump and Joe Biden. Instead, what do we get? Democrats, after smearing and mocking Trump with things like this, asking if he has bathmophobia or whatever, we then get the story about Joe Biden. And it's substantially worse. I just think the story about Trump was exaggerated and mostly false. And the story about Joe Biden is alarming and disconcerting because I think China recognizes we are in a weakened position. I think they recognize that even after telling everybody we need someone strong, that Donald Trump may be falling downstairs and he's too old, they voted for someone even older. The New Yorker wrote, and I showed you this article, that we may need to invoke the 25th Amendment. And they'd said it about removing Joe Biden. China must have been sitting back collecting that intelligence, recognizing that the U.S. was set to elect someone that they thought needed to be removed from lack of ability. For who? Kamala Harris? Without the experience or the support, we would be in very serious trouble. Well, I mentioned earlier that maybe many Trump supporters would begrudgingly accept a president, Kamala Harris. I mean, uh, Joe Biden called her president. Well, you know, for those listening on the podcast, we'll get to that in a second. Joe Biden called her president. Maybe many would begrudgingly accept that the problem is she would have almost no support from this country. She earned no delegates and she would not be able to rally anyone to do anything. They would despise her and view her as illegitimate. And that's worrying. At a time when we're already in a weakened position, when we're hyperpolarized, facing a pandemic, our economy is in shambles. I'm sorry if I'm, I'm sounding pessimistic, but it really does just feel like it's all falling apart. It was shocking to watch the president nearly fall down the stairs. That's the truth. When I watched Trump walk slowly down a ramp, it was disconcerting to see a president who was worried about slipping and who may be concerned about falling because he is an old man. But now, we're actually watching something worse, and that is Joe Biden stumbling, falling, gaffing, calling Kamala the president. What does that mean to the people around the world? As China moves, to, uh, as China makes its moves to take Taiwan, and many suspect they will make that move, a, a, a beaching uh, um, onto Taiwan, uh, Taiwanese shores, confidence the U.S. will be able to stop that has, fa- has, has faltered. That's why I showed you the, the article about Guam. And the the American bombers leaving. That is not confidence building to anybody in the region. They know, and they're probably feeling it now, that if if China does move to take Taiwan, the U.S. can do nothing to stop them. And they won't do anything because we've become weak. And once China takes Taiwan, there will be no more confidence in the U.S. or the U.S. dollar. Perhaps this is why Bitcoin has skyrocketed to over $58,000 per Bitcoin. You need to ask yourself why these price fluctuations are happening. We may be looking down the most difficult period in American history, and we may be looking at a shattering of America as a superpower. The country may persist in some form for a long time. Many have called for peaceful divorce. But if we lose the confidence of the world, They have no reason to use the U.S. dollar for oil anymore. And that's all we do. While U.S. manufacturing has grown slightly over the past 10 years, most of our wealth comes from the fact that in order to buy oil, other countries have to use dollars. And the the Federal Reserve just prints those dollars as they see fit. This means other countries can't. They have to buy from us. 
and give us access to their economies and their resources. But if we lose the confidence of the world, and we are, they're going to say, don't care about your dollar. We're going to do whatever we want. And then the U.S. will see some really, really trying times and true devastation. I think the whole thing is dumb. I think the media and the culture war are making everything worse. But I don't know what the answer is other than take care of yourself, be responsible, get healthy, get in shape, go for a walk, do what you have to do. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. It is the live podcast show. We're gonna have a great guest and uh, we'll take your comments on the show live. So come hang out and we'll see you all then. It really does feel like this country is falling apart. An escalating culture war has resulted in violence in the streets, people fighting each other, leftists showing up and killing people. We have buildings being burned down, riots over the past year, reaching $2 billion in damage. And they're restarting now with far left extremists occupying a certain portion of Minneapolis. Residents talk about it like it's a war zone with guns ringing out every night. Plus, we have the riots in Portland. And then we have the Democrats trying to remove a certified election winner, Republican sitting member of Congress, so they can install their preferred representative. All of this, and we have a pandemic, we have escalating tensions with China, and then we have a a pathetic, feeble old man for a president who calls his vice president, President Harris. There's already concerns that Joe Biden is transferring his powers over to Kamala. The Democrats have already demanded Joe Biden give up sole nuclear power the ability to launch nuclear weapons. And while this is happening, we just had some negotiations, some discussions in Alaska, where China basically said the U.S. has no right to claim it has strength. I'm paraphrasing. I'll read you the full thing. This is scary stuff, man. This country is so hyperpolarized that many people have called for peaceful divorce. And there's a meme about the United States of Canada and Jesus land, the two factions that split off. I think it's funny that, you know, you can tell it's a left wing meme because they call it Jesus land, assuming that moderate classical liberal types are religious in any way, just shows how out of touch they are. But who wants to be a part of the blue pilled matrix woke cult? I guess the people who are terrified of it, the people who are desperate, just please let me stay in your club. I don't care. Y'all need to grow a pair. The people who are blue pilled or know what's going on. It's like Cypher in the Matrix. You've seen the movie. The guy is just like, I just want to be back in the matrix. What a pathetic coward. No, you need to stand up for yourself. Otherwise, it will only get worse. Sitting inside the, the, the torture chamber is not going to make anything better. It's only going to get worse. And they will flush you the moment you are in the way. There's no going back in. This is, the, this is one of the stupidest stories I can't believe is ha- what we're seeing right now. It's March 19th. It's been nearly two months. Who's really in charge? Biden calls Kamala President Harris during White House speech in yet another slip of the tongue. My God, we need to be showing strength right now because we have fears about escalating tensions overseas. And y'all elected this pathetic, spineless, mentally unfit old man. Look at this. Joe Biden's President Harris gaffe comes after a third of voters doubt mental fitness. I kid you not. Newsweek reports President Joe Biden inadvertently gave his second in command a promotion in a gaffe as he touted his administration's feat in nearing 100 million COVID-19 vaccine doses. Look, I'll give the president, Joe Biden, credit. He moved the timeline forward. That's good. 
There's a lot of people saying, yeah, well, he should have done that. No, look, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. The timeline got moved up. Congratulations, sir. I appreciate good work when good work is done. I'm sorry, though. This doesn't absolve you of your inability to lead this country. Maybe then you could argue it's a good thing. He's saying President Harris. Hopefully he is transferring his powers over to someone younger and more capable. But who wanted President Harris? She didn't even get one delegate in the primary. Tulsi Gabbard got one delegate. Tulsi Gabbard is more qualified to be president than Kamala Harris is. I mean, heck, Gabbard serves uh, is a major in the National Guard. So obviously there are a lot of people who are more qualified than Kamala Harris. But at this point, are we supposed to sit here and beg, please make Kamala president, dude? You are you are so pathetic and mentally unfit. And China is laughing at us. Amazing. His reference to Vice President Kamala Harris as President Harris during the press conference on Thursday comes after a poll last month showed one third of voters had doubts about his mental fitness for the country's top job. During an address in the East Room of the White House, Biden said, quote, now when President Harris and I took a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona not long ago, one of the nurses on that on that tour injecting people giving vaccinations said that each shot was like administering a dose of hope. The president continued with his address in which Harris was standing behind him without correcting himself. The transcript on the White House website carries his comments verbatim, but does correct Harris's position in brackets in brackets. Amazing. How do you think other countries in the world feel about what he just said? Journalists do everything in their power to translate for Joe Biden when he says things like he'll give a quote and they'll be like, Uh, Mr. President, how many uh, children have been released from the detention centers? And Biden will go, you know, we got a 50, 50, uh, 20, 20, uh, 100, 100 kids, you know, uh, released from the the detention crisis. I mean, uh, the the facility, 100 kids. And then the journalist will put in quotes. We got 100, 100 kids released from this facility. Journalists who are writing these stories, this is absolutely true. Cut out his stutters, his stammers, his gaffes, his inability to speak. They do it probably because they're assuming we want to convey the idea. But what happens then is you get a filter. And when regular people are reading the news and they don't listen to him speak, assume he's standing up there going, we got 100 kids released from that facility. And they're like, such a strong president. When in reality, he's going, and then they say, oh, but he's had a stutter since he was a kid. No, he does. That's a lie. We can all go back and watch videos of Biden from the 90s and the 2000s. Dude did not have a stutter, but it's coming back in his old age. Sure, I guess. Are you saying that his brain is deteriorating and it's coming back? Maybe that's the case. Maybe he's not fit to be president. And at a time where, when we're being mocked by China, they're doing beaching drills and running strike for groups through the, ta- the, strait, uh, the strait of Taiwan. We don't need a pathetic, spineless old man who can't even tell us who the president is. It's frustrating stuff. I'll tell you, man. The worst thing about Donald Trump, potty mouth, I guess. They called him a fascist. <laughs> he didn't even send in feds to shut down the riots. Come on. They just lie. They lie. They lie. The media just lies. Trump, maybe too much. Biden, way too little. Maybe we need somebody who's just right, right in the middle. Well, we don't have that right now. And I would rather have a bombastic, ranting Donald Trump than a scared, feeble, shaking old man. The president continued with, with, with his address. They, they say they corrected it. On February 22nd, a poll conducted by Business Insider and SurveyMonkey, not right-wing organizations, mind you, 
found that more than 33% of Americans were unhappy with Biden's mental sharpness. The survey, with a margin of error of 3%, found that 10.8% of Americans were not so confident, while 22.8% said they were not at all confident in Biden's mental capabilities. However, it did find that 61% believed he was mentally capable for the job. I wonder who that 61% is. I wonder what their standard is for being mentally capable. The president is not just a figurehead. They don't just sit in a chair. They're the commander in chief. We've all seen the photos of presidents aging rapidly from how stressful the job is. This is a job for the cream of the crop and the best of the best. Now, Donald Trump certainly ain't that. But Donald Trump is certainly better than whatever this is. They say facing criticism that Biden had not given a full press conference since taking office. A separate survey this month showed that half of Americans were concerned about Biden's physical and mental fitness. It's only getting worse. And that's why they don't have him do a State of the Union address. If by April 20th, Joe Biden has not given an address to a joint session of Congress, it will be historic and unprecedented. Because you have to go back to 1977 for a time when to, to, to find another time when a president waited this long and it was Jimmy Carter. And that guy, people didn't like that guy. I mean, I wasn't alive, so maybe some of you were. But he waited until I believe it was either April 18th or, or, or the 20th. There's a couple different sources giving dates. So it's, it's one of those two. Joe Biden is now, since then, going the longest without giving an address to a joint session of Congress. It's only about 50 or so years or, you know, 42, 43 years. So if Joe Biden does not address a joint session of Congress by April 20th, then he will be setting a record, I suppose. And I don't know, I don't know how far, far back you have to go again, but that's as far back as we researched when we we're talking about this. Now he's trying to do a, a press conference and it's, and it's miserable. I mean, it's just absolutely miserable. In the Rasmussen poll conducted between March 3rd and March 7th, 50% of people answered they were not confident that Biden was physically and mentally up to the job. A majority, 52%, said they were concerned he had not yet held a press conference. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki has announced that Biden will give his first full media conference on March 25th. On the presidential campaign trail, former President Donald Trump made regular digs at his rival's mental acuity, calling him Sleepy Joe, and once telling Fox News that Biden was mentally shot. Trump campaign Facebook ads carried messages like, Joe Biden is clearly diminished. However, Trump himself was regularly the center of speculation about his own mental faculties, and faced numerous calls for the 25th Amendment to be invoked, including during the presidential transition. In April 2019, the World Mental Health Coalition produced a mental health analysis of Trump and concluded he was unfit for any job. Hey, man, I'm not here to play any whataboutism. I think there are a lot of much better individuals who, who could have been president and should have been president. But you know what? The Democrats were adamant that Hillary Clinton be given her chance. And so that's what you get. The Republicans didn't have anybody who could stand up to Trump and Trump embodied the rage of the working class better. Trump narrowly won. Narrowly is like 80,000 votes. The Democrats had an option. The Democrats could have put up someone who was actually going to win and they did not do it because they are a corrupt crony party and it was Hillary Clinton's turn. They don't come to me and complain about Donald Trump's fitness when we know what, what, what the Democratic uh, committees did to Bernie Sanders. Not that I think Bernie Sanders would be too much better, but let me tell you, Bernie would have been way better than Hillary for a lot of reasons. He might not have got past any of his, you know, more socialist policies, but at least he wouldn't have been as bad as Hillary. I'll, I'll say that. 
given the choices, man, is it a rock and a hard place. But Donald Trump takes the cake, no doubt. Now, in 2016, I didn't vote because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like any of them. I didn't want to vote for Trump. And then in 2020, I did. Why? Because I'll tell you this. I actually think Hillary Clinton might be better than Joe Biden. Probably not. It's a coin toss at this point. Maybe there was a period where I'd, I, I would have said, I'd take anybody over Hillary Clinton. At this point, at least Hillary Clinton is a nasty woman, right? You know, Donald Trump, didn't he call her a nasty woman? At least Hillary Clinton would look at China and scowl and go, yeah, you nasty. Yeah. And I know this. No one, the conspiracy theories about the Clinton family are not conspiracies about weakness. I'll tell you that. So as much as I don't like the corrupt crony Clintons and the, and the corporate establishment, Joe Biden is like, a, it's, it's, it's us realizing we're on a sinking ship. It was the best they could have done. Hillary couldn't win, but Joe Biden could. Yikes, man. Kamala Harris is no different than Clinton. So, hey, at the very least, if she was president, she'd be screaming and, well, actually, no, she'd be laughing because she laughs inappropriately, just like Hillary. We need someone who can proudly and defiantly stand up to our adversaries. And it certainly ain't Biden. Now, Trump was far from perfect on this one, but this is bad for us, man. This is really, really bad. I'm pessimistic when I see this stuff. You know, we talk about the culture war ripping our, ripping our society apart, how we, we can't mend this. We've got constructivism versus essentialism basically as the new left and right. Do you believe in science or do you believe science is a social construct? Because now you've got these people on the left saying, we believe the science. Also, two plus two could equal five. You clearly don't believe in science because you're constructivist. You think it was all manufactured by white supremacy or whatever. And then they vote for this man. You know what I think? Because I know, I, I know many of these far leftists. Over the past 10 years, I've had the privilege of sitting down with them and talking to them about these things, as well as right-wing individuals and far-right groups. The far left say they want the whole system to burn down by any means necessary. They're probably loving and laughing what's going on with Joe Biden, because it spells the end of, this, of these United States, or at least it's a sign that we're in serious trouble. You see, before Joe Biden got elected, people were saying on the left, the reason you vote for Joe Biden is not because they think he isn't a fascist. They think he is. It's because it's, they, they said it's easier to overthrow a feeble and weak old man than the Cheeto dictator. That's what they were saying on Facebook and in these private groups. They know Biden is bad, but they know that he's pathetic, spineless, and weak. So they put everything they could into him in an effort and in hopes that the United States wanes in power and collapses. It may have something to do with war with China. The idea being that if we just surrender to China, there won't be war and we'll all be better off because World War Three would be the destruction of the planet. Great. Then we can all expect to live under the superpower that is Chinese communist authoritarianism. Not going to happen. Sorry. I'm not a fan of rampant consumerism, pollution, and uh, endless manufacturing and carbon emissions and all that garbage. I like sustainability. I like people learning how to grow their own food. And, and, and be responsible for themselves. I think too many people who live in cities are spending too much time guzzling sugary drinks, wasting money and wasting energy, doing things that aren't contributing to anybody. I'd like these people to be better, to go for a walk, to get fit, to, to uh, read books, to learn how to survive on their own, because that will protect the environment. I like all of that. Instead, what we get is people who exploit this and are just crossing their fingers that it all falls apart. And then what? They're going to extract as much value from the sinking ship before they jump on the lifeboats. They think they'll get to the lifeboat. That's what they think. They, it's, they think we're on the Titanic. 
And they're going to steal all the silverware and put it in burlap sacks and then jump on the lifeboat, get away and have all that silver. Ain't going to be a lifeboat. No, there, there isn't going to be one. We may be headed towards a, a period where it's going, you, you're, you, you better hope you know how to survive out in the middle of nowhere. Not because the apocalypse is coming, but because resources will be constrained. You got a pandemic, you got supply chain disruption, and you've got escalating tensions with China. Look at this. Daily Mail reports, quote, Americans have little faith in U.S. democracy. China lashes Biden officials and they accuse Beijing of grandstanding as opposed peace uh, as supposed peace talks in Alaska get off to bad start. Anthony Blinken, secretary of state, is in Alaska to meet Chinese counterparts. He is accompanied by Jake Sullivan, national security advisor. It is the first time high level Biden officials have met with a team from Beijing. The meeting got off to a remarkably contentious start Thursday. China said that U.S. democracy was teetering and told them to stop lecturing. The U.S. team responded with criticism of trade, human rights and COVID. (laughs) Scary thought. China has cultural cohesion by force. The U.S. used to have this and we used to have social force. Everybody was expected to do certain things out of a fear that they would be ostracized. It was very much a form of cancel culture. It was similar. We then entered this period where we had more expectation of freedom and a respect for the individual. We were still strong. Now we have a split between an authoritarian and a libertarian culture, individualism versus collectivism. And our Senate is split 50-50. Our House is split almost 50-50, leaning Democrat. Supreme Court is under threat by, by angry Democrats. Joe Biden is spineless and feckless. And China is threatening us. It's amazing. This is where we are. Maybe I was wrong all those times I talked about civil war. Maybe I wasn't. Maybe the real issue is just collapse. We can call it a civil war because we have the factions fighting, but maybe it's just a sundering in this country, a fissure in social cohesion that results in people just saying, you go do your thing. There won't be an actual war. There will be a peaceful divorce and China will laugh all the way to the world stage where they then go on to claim what's left of uh, uh, what the remnants of these these American positions, Uh, uh, bases, military, you know things like that. I'm not a fan of any of that stuff. I'm not a fan of what the U.S. does. I understand the arguments, but we do have interests in other countries that will be wiped out when China moves in, and they're trying to. Look at this. China has bluntly accused the U.S. of attempting to strangle it on the opening day of talks, which descended into a remarkably hostile litigation of each other's shortcomings. The U.S. delegation, led by Anthony Blinken, spoke out against China's actions in Hong Kong and Tibet, its handling of COVID, and their treatment of Uyghurs. China, in return, told the U.S. their democratic system was on shaky ground and accused them of attempting to rock established global order. The meeting held in Alaska was the first time the two sides met face to face since President Joe Biden took office. I want to point this out, mostly because of my concern about Joe Biden's ability to do his job. But I want to save a lot of what's going on with China for a a larger segment about the potential for war, our border crisis and what we are facing in this country without a legitimate without a president who has the strength to lead us or the mental acuity. Kamala Harris doesn't know how to lead this country, even if she is President Kamala, as, as Biden falsely claimed or gaffed. What are you going to call it at this point? They like to what about with Trump? Look at this. They say Trump himself was regularly the speculation. Trump's not president anymore. It's time to drop it. No more. No more this, that or whatever. No more. What could have been Biden is the president. That's the problem we face. We must address. They go on to say over at Newsweek, 
Harris, too, is not immune from a slip of the tongue. Last September, she accidentally dubbed herself commander in chief during a virtual roundtable last September in which she mistakenly referred to as a Harris administration. Do you see what is happening? Federal government is in shambles. The presidential administration doesn't even know who's in charge. Kamala Harris is reportedly taking phone calls with world leaders on behalf of Joe Biden, calling herself the president. He calls her the president. And this is what we project to the rest of the world. I can only hope that we we can keep this this this, you know, structure from collapsing at least until 2024 when we can get in someone with some actual strength who will respect the rule of law will stand up against our adversaries and protect this country. Although I'm not entirely confident that we're going to make it that far. I'm sorry. It's just the case. I just, I don't know what to expect. We are, we are at a point now where we know China is set to overtake the U.S. economy faster, uh, faster than scheduled. We believed it would be 2028 or 20, uh, 2035, I think 2030s. Now it's 2028. We've crippled our own economy. The states don't agree with each other. There's fighting in the streets. There's insurrection, as the media claims. And the more they do that, the more China laughs, the more they watch. Even Russia, they laugh at us, too. We're headed towards a point where we just fall apart. We crumble to the ground and then China picks up the scraps. They're the one who are they're manufacturing everything. They've got the massive standing army, 1.4 billion people. We have 330 million we're stagnant. Our culture is stagnant. We don't make anything anymore. The only thing we have in this country is the petrodollar that the Federal Reserve prints dollars on a whim and everybody else has to use those dollars to buy oil. And the only reason that exists is because we have the guns. We back that up with you better take the petrodollar. You can take a look at some world leaders who decided to trade off of the petrodollar, you know, Saddam Hussein and Muammar Gaddafi. Well, Venezuela, for one, we see how that how, how all that goes down. Weren't able to stop Venezuela, I suppose, whether it was intent that that was the reason for it. But it's, it's, it's an interesting coincidence how that plays out. What happens when the U.S. can no longer enforce the petrodollar? I'll tell you, Americans are in for a rude awakening because we don't make anything. So what happens then? A whole bunch of people in cities are going to be thirsty and hungry and desperate. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, if it would. I do know that China is pressuring the U.S. and trying to strengthen itself and make itself more resilient and independent. And the U.S. is just flopping around like a, a group of silly people. And our president doesn't even know who the president is. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. The migrant crisis on the border is getting worse. But finally, the Biden administration is admitting it is a crisis. After weeks of dodging, Jen Psaki refers to situation on the border as a crisis. My friends, we've got children packed into Border Patrol tents for days on end, according to lawyers. We've got Guatemala preparing for the eventual arrival of a new migrant caravan. We have a situation that is worse than it was under Donald Trump. Yet we still see the pathetic and desperate attempts by the media to cover up for Joe Biden. Of course, I will always say Trump was by no means perfect, but the media went insane about every single thing that he did. They said he was the one running these child detention centers. He put kids in cages. Obama did that. Trump shut that facility in Homestead, Florida down. 
And it was Joe Biden's administration that reopened it. I'm sick of it, man. Take a look at this story from The Daily Caller. Biden restricts Border Patrol agents from sharing information on the migrant surge with the media. They are covering up just how bad it is getting. Now, there are some journalists calling it out. In a tweet from Jacob Soboroff, he says, the Biden administration is clear about wanting to build a fair, safe and orderly immigration system. But keeping reporters out of facilities currently overcrowded with children, preventing people from seeing what it is they want to change doesn't help their case. Calling it out. Jacob doing the bare minimum in criticizing Biden, covering up what's going on. What you want to change? You mean what Barack Obama and Joe Biden created from 2008 to 2016, 2017? Donald Trump inherited that mess. He did not do the greatest job in the world. I'm not going to pretend like he deserves some credit because he got called out for what he inherited. He did shut down the child facility in Homestead. Now, listen, I'm not going to rag on Trump or Joe Biden over having kids in detainment. It's a ridiculous argument that comes from the press, and they did it to hurt Donald Trump. They didn't care when when Obama was doing it, and now they have no choice but to feign outrage that Joe Biden is doing it. But the reality is, we don't know who these kids are with. We don't know if they're being trafficked. We don't know if these people are really their parents. That's the cause of all of this. But you see, in the media, they needed an opportunity to, to hurt Trump. So they said he's separating families. Families. How did you, how do you know their families? Did you check? Okay. Some children were separated from their families. It's it's horrifying. I wish it didn't have to happen. Maybe there's something we can do to improve this. What about the children who are being trafficked? It's amazing to me that when MSNBC finally musters up the courage to criticize Joe Biden, they still make the tweet nice. Biden is clear about wanting to build a fair, safe, orderly immigration system. But, you know, he's got to let the reporters in. He's shutting down transparency. He's lying to you and covering it up. And he's detaining more kids than Trump than Trump did. At least for now, relatively, we know that children are being packed into Border Patrol tents for days on end. Let's read about what's happening with this lack of transparency. The Daily Caller says the Biden administration reportedly told border officials they could only share limited information concerning the increase of migrants arriving at the southern border. NBC News reported Thursday, Border Patrol agents and sector chiefs were told to deny media requests for ride-alongs with agents and that the Washington office must provide approval, according to four current and two former Customs and Border Protection officials, NBC News reported. Officials who keep track of the number of migrants in custody were instructed not to share the information with anyone. The officials were not authorized to speak on the topic and requested anonymity According to NBC News, officials described the restrictions as an unofficial gag order. Now I'm going to pause for a second and say this. What Joe Biden is doing with these kids is not the apocalypse. I already mentioned that there are difficult situations that presidents find themselves in. And I wish we didn't have to do this, but perhaps we do. So I'm not going to just rag on Biden for some and, and feign some tribal outrage. No, I'll actually defend the man, you know, his administration as much as I don't like them, because I don't know what else you do. I'll also point out the media does not have a good track record with using anonymous sources. So forgive me if I don't believe you when you publish your garbage. What I can say, however, is that the media has held Trump 
It was a double standard when it came to immigration. And it's time to criticize what's happening on the border. And I believe it is Joe Biden's policies rescinding some of the instructions and orders that Trump had put in place that is making the problem worse. Donald Trump had the migrant protection protocols, fancy name for the remain in Mexico policy. If you come to the border and you want asylum, you must wait in Mexico. It made sense. Joe Biden's getting rid of it. At a time when we're dealing with a pandemic, when people are told they cannot travel without being quarantined and the borders are being restricted, Joe Biden's administration is releasing COVID patients who cross the border illegally into Texas. It is hypocrisy and it is a problem for us. The Daily Caller says the officials said the regulations were given verbally and not through an official memo. NBC News reported some agents have posted videos of mass arrests and surges of migrants without permission, according to two of the officials. Dozens of migrants and children are seen crossing the Rio Grande into Texas using a raft video shows. The video is reportedly recorded in March and came from a border agent, according to two CBP officials. The Department of Homeland Security and CBP have not allowed media tours of facilities, including the Donna, Texas processing facility, which is reportedly holding unaccompanied migrant minors over capacity, according to a CBP official, NBC News reported. So I'll tell you this. They lied about Trump all day and night. I don't see why they would lie about Joe Biden. I don't necessarily understand what their intent is. Maybe they want to get rid of him or maybe Joe Biden is actually doing these things. And that's the that's the sad reality of today. We don't know exactly what their what their narrative is or why they're pushing it other than self-interest and maybe to make money. I don't see how they expect to make money going after Biden, but maybe they realize without Trump, they need negative news. People are going to click on things. People aren't going to click on things if they're boring. This is it. Maybe they will turn on Biden. They say, quote, the Biden administration knows full well that it has created an unprecedented humanitarian and border crisis in just its first full month in office. I am sick of this and doesn't want to be shown to the American people and the rest of the world. Federation for American Immigration Reform, Press Secretary Matthew Trageser, told the Daily Caller News Foundation. President Biden stated that in a democracy, the public deserves as much transparency as possible. The so-called gag order on Border Patrol agents does the antithesis of that. The administration must take responsibility for its actions and not erode public trust. I'm tired. I'm angry. We, we, we see Joe Biden fumbling and bumbling and calling Kamala Harris the president. He is incapable of handling this job. He is making all of our problems worse. Ford now moving some of their vehicle projects from an American processing plant to a manufacturing plant to Mexico. Keystone shut down, jobs lost. Joe Biden is a fumbling, bumbling moron. And now the border crisis is worse. And this is according to left wing organizations. Y'all voted for this. What did you think was going to happen? They didn't like Donald Trump. They called him a racist. They hated him. And you know what? It's partly Donald Trump's fault because the responsibility is always with the individual, in my opinion. Donald Trump didn't have to tweet like a tweet like a like a jerk and say a bunch of dumb things. But the media absolutely went to town, taking every opportunity to smear and defame him. And here we are. Donald Trump did it right. The border wall. Initially, I will say his plan probably didn't make a lot of sense. What got done was good, was good reinforced bollard fencing in key areas, in some areas, triple layer defenses, a big, beautiful 30 foot concrete wall from sea to shining sea. Not so much. That was a dumb idea. But a border barrier makes sense. It inhibits people coming on these journeys. 
It's not about what Trump said, you know, that they're not sending their best. No, I'm not going to get into that one. I'm going to talk about the kids wandering through the desert and dying. I'm going to talk about now the unprecedented numbers of migrant miners being kept in these facilities over capacity. And Joe Biden did it all, made it all worse, opened the door, encouraged these caravans. And now they're going on dangerous journeys where they may die instead of fixing the problems back home. Not every one of them can. But most of the people who come and claim refugee status are not actually refugees. They're economic migrants. So perhaps, you know, we can help them back home. That was the idea, I guess. We provide aid to these countries. Thus, these people will live better there and not go on these dangerous journeys and risk their lives. It wasn't happening. Trump threatened to cut off the cash. He implemented some some new uh, protocols and it worked. And Joe Biden in a month destroyed all of that. Why? I can't stand these people, these these well-to-do liberals and progressive who think they're smarter and don't read the news and don't read the sources and just gargle fake news all day and believe the trash. And now here you are. It's your own making. Media requests to tour the privately operated Trump era facility. I love it as a Trump era facility for unaccompanied migrants, migrant children in Carrizo Springs, Texas, were denied due to COVID-19, a health and human services Human Services Administration for Children and Families spokesperson told the DCNF. The Office of Refugee Resettlement is not hosting media tours of unaccompanied children facilities currently due to COVID-19 pandemic. An ACF spokesperson told the DCNF, if media tours resume, we will send a media advisory. Multiple media outlets were denied requests for access or, or photographs of the facilities holding unaccompanied migrant minors. NBC News reported. One photograph of a mother and child during a health screening at a facility was released Tuesday, though the DHS did not provide other frames showing the conditions of the facility. Quote, across the federal government, certain employees are designated spokespeople for their respective agencies and public statements are vetted to ensure accuracy. This standard and process has been followed at DHS since the department's inception and across bipartisan administrations, Customs and Border Protection continues to publicly provide the same monthly data on the same schedules as it has since 2014, a DHS spokesperson said. The Trump administration allowed numbers, members of the media to tour facilities where separated children were held in June 2018, according to NBC News. The administration also allowed some media ride-alongs during the pandemic, but theirs has not been a single one since January 20th, a current CBP official said. Part of maintaining the public trust is to communicate regularly and often, a former official said. Another current official who served during the last three administrations said the restrictions are similar to how the Obama administration operated, NBC News reported. It was more restrictive under Obama than under Trump, when there was more autonomy for each region to speak to the media. The second current official said, said CBP did not respond to the DCNF request for comment. Amazing. Under Donald Trump, we had more transparency than under Joe Biden. Well, we've got this from NBC Los Angeles. Children packed into Border Patrol tent for days on end, lawyers say. Hundreds of immigrant children and teenagers have been detained at a Border Patrol tent facility in packed conditions, with some sleeping on the floor because there aren't enough mats, according to nonprofit lawyers who conduct oversight of immigration detention centers. The lawyers interviewed more than a dozen children Thursday in Donna, Texas where the Border Patrol is holding more than 1,000 people. Some of the youths told the lawyers they had been at the facility for a week or longer. 
despite the agency's three-day limit for detaining children. Many said they haven't been allowed to phone their parents or other relatives who may be wondering where they are. Despite concerns about the coronavirus, children are kept so closely together that they can touch the person next to them, the lawyer said. Some have to wait five days or more to shower, and there isn't always soap available, just shampoo, according to lawyers. All right. Whose fault is this? Is this Joe Biden's fault? Unfortunately, the answer is no. I know many tribalists will want to blame Joe Biden for the conditions there. It's just not the case. It's not entirely Donald Trump's fault or even Obama's fault. It is the fault of a combination of factors, namely with Democrats. They continually incentivize these dangerous journeys. You had the migrants show up wearing T-shirts saying, Biden, please let us in. My friends, I believe the United States should take in every single person in the world. I'm going I'm to say it again. I believe the U.S. should open its borders, not open borders, but should open its borders to legal controlled migration to every single person for application. Here's what I'm trying to say. If the U.S. brought in 300 million people, I don't care. What I care about is that we go through the correct process. We screen them. We place them properly so they, f- they thrive and flourish. And we make sure that they understand what the Constitution means, what the rules are in this country. Now, let's slow down a second. The reason why I'm saying this is, for one, we do need to compete with foreign adversaries. I believe our country is fantastic and great. I believe the Constitution is amazing and we have a great culture here. Is it the best in the world? Well, in my opinion, I do think America is the best country in the world, though I've been to many and I understand why others might view, might view their cultures as better. It's preference. So objectively, I would say, hey, when in Rome, right, do as the Romans do. There are people in certain countries that think they have a better way of living. I don't agree with all of them, but I can certainly understand some countries for sure. When you go through the legal process to become a citizen or to gain entry to the country, we have limits. We have timetables. I am not advocating for opening the borders immediately and letting everyone in the world come into the country right now. What I'm saying is immigration is a good thing when it's done properly. The problem is the Democrats have conflated illegal immigration with legal immigration. When someone comes to the country legally through a process, we can make sure they find work in a meaningful place where they flourish and we flourish. Adding taxpayers to the tax base, hey, it's a good thing, right? The problem is we have exploitative immigration when it comes to what is it called? The, the H-1Bs or whatever. We have the high skill immigration issue where companies make up fake reasons to import high skill labor from other countries instead of hiring American labor. Then we have the problem of Democrats claiming that illegal immigration is just regular old immigration and companies exploiting this by hiring people at dirt wages below the minimum wage effectively creating a surf class. That is nothing but problematic for us. So let me say it again. Perhaps we couldn't allow 600 million people to enter this country because we would not be able to process that properly to make sure everyone flourishes, which means everybody should be welcome to apply to come to the border to state their case. We'll then go through the motions to make sure it's done properly. Unfortunately, the Democrats have done nothing but say forgiveness and citizenship and, you know, decriminalization and catch and release. What ends up happening is people embark on dangerous journeys. Why? I mean, think about it. If you live in a country that is not the U.S., you understand why the U.S. is awesome. You've seen it on TV and you have this image in, it, in your mind. You probably think it's way better than it really is, to be completely honest. The shining city, shining city on the hill and all that stuff. Now you're thinking about where you live. 
If you live in Brazil, for instance, I believe several years ago, their, their GDP per capita was like $8,000 per year. In the US, the poverty level is what, like 14000 So if you work at Burger King or McDonald's, minimum wage, well, you're probably going to get 10 bucks an hour. You're going to be doing a lot better than people who live in the Central and South American countries. They're then told the Democrats are incentivizing the opportunity for them to come to the US. So of course, they're going to take it. The danger is they could die and they're not going to get what they think they're going to get. Now, recently, we did say we did see Biden finally say, stop doing this, stop coming. You're not going to get in. But the policies, they're more important. Actions speak louder than words. And so long as they keep saying this, more importantly, it's not just Biden. So long as Democrats push for these policies, so long as California does as well, they're going to keep trying to come. And I don't blame them. I don't. We all know how amazing this country is. We all know what the Constitution means to us and how awesome it is. We know that we have prosperity and opportunity. So, of course, everybody wants to come here. But we have a capacity. We can let more and more people in so long as we're keeping track so that everyone flourishes. There was a video I saw. Uh, There was a venue. This is a crazy video. Music venue. And a fire broke out in the venue. Everyone ran full speed to the front door to escape, and they smashed themselves in. Fluid dynamics. The people in the back were pushing so hard trying to get out. They smashed everyone and just, they're just mashed. People were asphyxiating. They couldn't breathe. They couldn't move their chests. It's crazy. They couldn't get out. There's a capacity issue. Now, in this video, there was a back door. And the guy who knew about the back door walked out the back door calmly and peacefully and then filmed what was happening. It was a crazy video. I could be getting the details wrong. It's been a while since I've seen it. Side note, whenever you enter a building, know where your exits are. Everybody ran to the entrance because it was the only way out they knew. And then they got stuck. The reason I bring that up is that it's not the same, but it's similar. We don't want every single person rushing in and just breaking down the barrier and then getting jammed in because then everyone suffers. We want a calm and orderly fashion where we can track and properly accommodate these children. When the children try to enter illegally, they get put into overcrowded situations because we don't want them being trafficked. We don't know if they're sick. And we got pandemic restrictions, especially. If these children came through Mexico, these minors, went to a proper facility, gave them their information, they would not be in this detention center. They would be chilling in Mexico. Not like it would be that much better, but I would, I would, I would, I would say it's probably better off these kids are in a border town as opposed to crammed and overcrowded facilities where we're trying to figure out what's going on. Instead, we have the latter. And Joe Biden is, is basically trying to cover it up now because, well, the Democrats have made their bed with this one. Obama started it. They called him the deporter in chief. That's on you. Donald Trump inherited it. Donald Trump was under pressure. He allowed the, allowed the press in. See, the mistake Trump made was he often played things right. Letting the press in. Guess it was a mistake because now, you know, when it comes to Biden, we don't know what he's doing. We don't know what they're doing. And the media is just going, well, we like Biden, but. Well, they tried to attra- attack Trump for what Obama did. And now Biden gets to reap what, what, what they have sown. It's a problem down there. It's a crisis and it's expected to get worse. Some are saying it's already the worst we have ever seen. 100,000 people in February. And you know why? You combine all of the press, everything negative they said about Trump, and that deterred people. 
And then once they heard uh, that Biden was coming and that Biden was the candidate of open borders and all that stuff, and he was, he said no deportations, they ran full speed. Joe Biden said no deportations in the first hundred days. That's basically telling everybody you've got a hundred days to get here. Well, he lost that battle, but the message still rang out and that's on him. We'll see if the media cares. Joe Biden is a is a failing leader and it's getting worse. Let's talk about China. I don't know if you saw that story, but it's bad. That'll be coming up at 4 p.m. So thanks for hanging. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be at 4 p.m. at youtube.com slash Timcast. And we'll talk about what's going on with the U.S. and China and, and, and the weakness that we are putting out in the world. I'll see you all then.